You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Doug Weingart. We are your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're broadcasting out of the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a beautiful day out there. It is. It's really nice. It is very nice. We just had a great conversation with Bishop Donald DeGroote, our bishop for Eastern South Dakota. Always a joy and pleasure to have him in, especially on his birthday. I mean, what a great day to have him in. And next, we're going to be talking with Father Michael Kapperman. Good morning, Father. Good morning. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. Have you been on before with us? I have uh, never in person. I was never up in, in Aberde- okay. Aberdeen for the last three years, and so okay. uh, whenever I've uh, been on, I've been on a couple times. I've never been in person on the radio. So it's this very fancy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Usually, I'm just calling, uh, t- talking via the phone, yeah. and sitting in my office, twiddling my thumbs. But yeah. now I'm in person. Well, we're, we're excited to have you here in Sioux Falls. We're, ha- we're excited to have you in our... I'm ex- especially excited because uh, he does the Mass at the Newman Center oh. for Christ the King, yes. so I get to see him regularly. Tell the listeners a little bit about what your new assignments are. Yeah, so uh, as of July 5th, so would that be seven months ago, I started as the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, as well as the Chaplain to O'Gorman Junior High. Um, my principal role would be the vocations director and as vocations director i'm not only in charge of the seminarians but i'm also in charge of the first year seminarians so there's a new program put out by the uh, united states bishops uh, called the propedeutic year Uh, it's the first year man enters into seminary and it's a year focused on prayer and human formation Um, and we're blessed in our diocese to be able to do it in our diocese and so my principal role is to work with the four first year seminarians we have and uh, help them to grow in prayer and uh, in relationship with themselves and others uh, in human formation. And then part of that, uh, because I needed something to do on Sunday, I talked to the local <laughs> pastor and uh, he asked me to take the uh, Sunday night uh, Newman Center Mass for Christ the King uh, with the campus ministry there of uh, the Sioux Falls area. And that's been a blast. It's been great uh, to be able to be with those college students, walk with them. And then it fits so well into my uh, role because the first year propedeutic seminarians, they actually go to campus ministry. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see them interact with um, men and women of their own age and just the friendships that form. I know one of the guys, they took out uh, sledding when it was a snow day a couple, yeah. a couple yeah. weeks ago. I think my and daughter so, went. went. <laughs> yep. And so it's, just, it's, a, it's been a great joy just to see them interact with the campus ministry here in Sioux Falls. Yeah, it's been such a joy to have them around, um, you know, and my daughter goes to the Newman Center dinners and she's, and she's told my mom and me that when they come in, the, the elevation of the conversations just shoots mm-hmm. up because they're talking more intellectually yeah. and more in depth with their faith and they're showing their faith to these mm-hmm. college students. And so it's just been a great relationship between the two. Yeah, one of my favorite moments actually... Uh, I like to live liturgically and celebrate liturgical feasts. And so for the feast day of Christ the King, which is the uh, titular feast of the campus ministry, uh, Christ the King campus ministry, to celebrate that big feast day, we went out to Burger King. <laughs> and me and the Propa dudes and all the campus ministry students, we all put on Burger King crowns and we had nice. Burger King for the feast day of Christ the King. And it was just a great joy. I love yeah. it. Well, and this is, is this the first time they've had... Propadudes. We mm-hmm. we call them propadudes at our house. What yep. do we call them? Uh, propadudic seminarians, propadudics. but propadudes, propadudes I think, is, is what we aptly call them. named. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So this is the first time our diocese has had that, right? Uh, yes and no. So the last three years we've been doing the propedeutic uh, year in our diocese, but this is our first year of having it really flushed out. The last two years we were waiting for the new program of priestly formation to come out to really mm. give instructions, and it was this year that uh, it was uh, given to us and we were able to uh, implement it in its full capacity we've been doing it in our diocese for the last two years but it's taken different shapes forms um, they would often the seminarians would live in a parish with the priest uh, but now they live in a house together yeah. um, with two priests uh, who are in charge of their formation so this is our first year of making it look as formal as it is so so how does that look for those four gentlemen who are going through this what do what do they do um, so most days uh, they start their day with holy hour at 7 30 in the morning um, there's usually mass uh, um, in the chapel that we have in our house. Uh, Tuesdays is like formation day, so they uh, have we do a book study together. We have talks together, and we uh, teach them about prayer. Uh, so Tuesday is really a hands-on uh, formation day. Wednesday is kind of like homework day. They have readings. They have uh, different things that they need to do. They have house chores that they need to get done. So Wednesday is devoted to that. Thursday, they actually go down to Mount Marty in Yankton, South Dakota, um, and have a class with Dr. Jason Heron on catechism and scripture. Um, Great guy. Yep. And then Thursday night, we have communal dinner, just the uh, guys. We do a holy hour together. Uh, you can look on the South or the Diocese of Sioux Falls uh, Facebook page to see just our chapel and us praying together on Thursday nights. Friday is like the apostolate day. That's when we go out and we go uh, serve at O'Gorman Junior High. They lead small groups. Um, Saturday, they serve Mass uh, with the bishop at the uh, TV Mass, the 4 p.m. Cathedral Mass. And then Saturday night, we usually invite over guests, a lot of priests from the local area, and we have dinner uh, with the local community. Um, and then Sunday, they go out to parishes. So Sunday morning, they're in parishes getting to know what parish life is. So wow. that's, their, yeah, that's, that's their week in a, in a minute-long spiel. Yeah. That's nice. That sounds So I if... Mean, if you had if you had that opportunity when you were going into the priesthood, how would that have changed your formation? Do you think? I think it would have helped me stay focused on what the needs of of the local church is of the mm. diocese. Um, so I keep talking with uh, the guys that I went through seminary with of just saying how much I wish I would have had this year of just mm -hmm. how beautiful it is that they're able to go to Catholic Schools Week Mass, they're able to go to priests' funerals, they're able to join for clergy days. These are experiences. I've had in the priesthood, but I didn't have in seminary. And they're able to have it right away. And it kind of gives them the frame of reference of like, now when I'm studying philosophy, now when I'm studying theology, I know this diocese that I'm studying for. I know uh, for me, the experience was like, I want to lay down my life for Christ in the priesthood. So I apply, I get accepted. And then the diocese is like, great. Now you're going to move four hours away yeah. <laughs> to this place you don't know. And you're going to live there for eight years. And it's like, ah, but now they're able to enter into it. So they're all local. Yep, so okay. we have three uh, men from Sioux Falls proper, um, and then one man from White Lake, South Dakota, which is uh, near Mitchell, South Dakota. Okay. So they're all local, homegrown uh, uh, men studying for the priesthood. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, because when you go to a retreat or you go to college, it does change your perspective and mm -hmm. how you see things. And so to start in the diocese and what you're going to actually be doing, yeah, I think, I of, think it's um, perfect. Some men, through the course of their seminary studies, they actually they'll study Spanish because there's a lot of Latinos in the mm -hmm. uh, in the area. And uh, these guys, they were able to partake in the Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, nice. uh, celebration, mm -hmm. and they've just been able to go over to uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Spanish ministry in Sioux Falls, and see uh, the life of uh, Latinos as they live in our diocese. And now 
if some of them are asked to study Spanish when they get uh, when they further on in their studies, they'll know like, oh, I know the people that I'm going to be studying this for, and right. it just makes it more real. So, I'm going to play devil's advocate uh, here. Let's go. Ready? <laughs> so, because then on the other side, I'm thinking of you, Father Kapperman, as a person. You're the vocations director. You're working over at O'Gorman, and now you have a first year of boys, mm-hmm. young men, that you need to train in this mm-hmm. way. That seems like it's adding a lot to your plate, because mm-hmm. I would think vocations director alone would be a big job. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you coordinate all of that when you're just one person? Yeah. Um, uh, well, one, uh, th- I've got like a team around me. There's uh, different people who help out in the vocations uh, world. I think of uh, the administrative assistant I have, Emma Murtha. I think of Father Tony mm-hmm. Klein. So there's yeah. more than just me in this, uh, but my response my initial response is well uh, the things that are most important you put the most time towards yeah. and what's the most important in our di- uh, uh, one of the important things for our diocese is good priestly formation that we can have good happy healthy holy priests um, and so just like in family life there's certain things that you have to say no to in order to say yes mm. to time with your family same thing in priestly ministry there's times where you have to say no i'm not able to maybe go to some of the basketball games at the junior high that i'd sure. like to go to mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's like well what's most important or what's one of the important things of our diocese it's good happy healthy holy priest so beautiful mm-hmm. that was a very good answer by the way yeah there we go yeah. a I, haven't, I haven't rehearsed it i promise <laughs> i promise the bishop would be proud yeah <laughs> Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Father Michael Kapperman. He is the vocations director here for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we're just kind of uh, peppering him with questions about his job. We mm-hmm. haven't even gotten to the reason he's here. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> if you had saw our talking points, he'd be like, Heather, when are you going to get to the point? But we're going to actually take a break first. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. Let's go. We're excited. What does it mean? He's going to give us a new perspective on Valentine's Day, folks. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back more with Father Kapperman, I'm Heather Carroll. I'm Doug Wangart. And we'll be right back in just a minute. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. The American Academy of Optometry recommends that all children receive eye exams every two years, beginning at six months old. As one of North Dakota's only fellowship-certified pediatric optometrists, it is my mission to ensure that children are screened for preventable eye conditions like lazy eyes, cataracts, and eye turns. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for children and adults, and you don't need vision insurance to book an appointment. You can schedule your appointment online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that when we forgive from the heart, we are transformed and we become more like Jesus. It is not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. Holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Ultimately, we are the ones who suffer the most. We have been forgiven through our baptism and continue to be forgiven through the sacrament of penance. Through conversation with the beloved, the sacraments, and life in the Holy Spirit, 
May we be given the grace to forgive our transgressors just as Jesus taught us. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Doug Weingart. We're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We're broadcasting today from the Pastoral Center up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a beautiful Ash Wednesday here. And we're just hanging out, talking with Father Michael Kapperman, who is the vocations director here for our diocese, and uh, just peppering him with questions about uh, what he does for our diocese, basically. But really, you were here to talk about Valentine's Day. Did you know that? Uh, yes. I, uh, I You're like, that. Heather, you didn't answer, ask me any of the questions on my talking points list. <laughs> yep. No, that's okay. Uh, full disclosure, I will be laying all my cards out on the table. So everything well, I'll say today about St. Valentine will be all that I know. So there you if go. Uh, our listeners want further information, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be of much help. So. But I like the approach that you're taking to St. Valentine. And so... Um, that's what I'm interested in. Tell us a little bit about who he was and then how we can use him as a reflection for our own life. And so he was um, in, he lived in the uh, third century um, and there's not a ton of details about him. There's uh, what has came down through tradition, but uh, what has came down through tradition hasn't been a lot. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a ton of details on St. Valentine's and there was a lot of Valentine's in the air, uh, during that time frame. Um, but St. Valentine, he was a uh, clergyman of the uh, third century. Um, and he was living in Rome and he was arrested during his time in Rome because he was going around spreading the faith. He was sharing the gospel. Um, and at that time there was some Christian persecution put out by the government. And so he was arrested and he was under house arrest at a particular official's house. And during his time with the official, he was trying his hardest to convert him. He was sharing the gospel. He was proclaiming the name of Jesus. He was telling that Jesus is truly God who came to save us from our sins and that life in Christ is worth everything. Hmm. And while he's proclaiming the gospel to uh, this official, the official was like, well, if, uh, if Jesus is who he's, you say he is, then he should perform a miracle for me. And the official, he ha happened to have a daughter who was blind. And so uh, the official says, if you cure my daughter, I'll do whatever you say. If you help my daughter uh, be healed of her blindness, I'll do whatever you want. And so uh, he sends his daughter to see St. Valentine. And St. Valentine, uh, through a work of God, uh, was able to heal her of her blindness. And so you could just imagine the court official's <laughs> jaw dropping at this moment of like, yeah. oh man, what is he going to ask? <laughs> yep. And so the court official is, is true to his word and said, Valentine, whatever you desire, I'll do. And so St. Valentine, what he said is, I want you to go into your house, destroy all of your false idols that you've set up to pagan gods. 
I want you to repent for three days and you and your household be baptized. And the court official, good to his word, who went around his house, smashed all of his false idols, repented uh, uh, for three days, and on the third day, him and I think, uh, the, uh, as the sources say, about 40 people were baptized. Wow. Uh, his household, uh, just the people that were working in his home, his family. Um, and so then Valentine was set free. The court official set him free. Uh, but St. Valentine, his desire to share the gospel didn't end there. He kept proclaiming the faith. He kept going around and uh, preaching the gospel. And this uh, made another court official upset, um, who then arrested Valentine. And Valentine did the same thing in which he was trying to proclaim the gospel to the court official. But the court official, like we hear in uh, scripture with Pharaoh, his heart was hardened um, and eventually had Valentine martyred. Uh, for his faith. And so that's uh, the story of St. Valentine. That's most of the details I know about his life. There's yeah. some other details where, where they uh, talk about um, one of the things he did during that time was he would perform secret Christian weddings. Uh, weddings, um, oh, And so that's... That's where uh, the romance yep. comes in. And then just historically, there's more details about how historically it came about, but um, the, roman the romantic notion of Valentine that we have it huh. today started to form around uh, the 1300s. Huh. Um, is when the romantic idea, I think there was a poet, uh, Chaucer, mm. he's the one who uh, uh, really kind of set uh, the firestorm of the romantic notion of Valentine's Day. I always, I always want to go back in time and ask, like, you know, St. Patrick or St. Valentine, you know, mm -hmm. what they think about their feast right. days. Right. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> right. What do you yep. think? Because they'd probably be like, I slapped somebody. Why are, why are you celebrating this? Yep. St. <laughs> Valentine would say, repent and be baptized. That's what he would say on this yeah. day. Yeah, I love it. So I think it's kind of interesting how St. Valentine's Day is sharing Ash Wednesday today. Mm -hmm. Talk about the same message that they have. I mean, you think about message, the message of uh, Valentine to his court official, um, repent and be baptized. Uh, yeah. Like the message that he gave to... Uh, the court official is that I'm going to heal your daughter, and what you'll do is for three days you will fast, you will do penance, and you'll prepare your heart for the waters of baptism. Well, you think about what Ash Wednesday is. Ash Wednesday is the beginning of this period in which uh, we as Christians, we fast, we do penance. Why? Because at Easter, we're going to renew our baptismal promises. That the whole point of Lent, and you can uh, read this in different uh, teachings on what Lent is. Lent is a preparation for baptism at Easter. And for those of us who are already baptized, it's a preparation for the renewal of baptism, uh, renewal of our baptismal promises mm -hmm. at Easter. And so uh, St. Valentine's message, I think, uh, is so beautiful today because what did he say to the court official? Turn away from your false gods, repent, and prepare to be baptized. What are we doing today? Uh, the Lord is instructing us to rend our hearts to cast away the false idols of our life so that in due time we can renew the baptismal promises at Easter. Love it. Mm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> God's providence. <laughs> yes, that is good. So for married couples and priests uh, today, you know, it is a romantic day. How, how do we juggle the two? I would say that Ash Wednesday trumps Valentine's Day easily. It's, it, it's true. Easily. It's true. I know some uh, people, they actually did a, uh, they moved their celebration of Valentine's Day to a different day just because yeah. uh, to keep the solemnity of this day as a day of fasting yep. and penance. And um, with the Valentine's Day, there is this notion within uh, modern culture of this romantic um, 
aspect of it. Um, romance isn't a bad thing in the life of the church because what is romance? Romance is to rejoice in the mystery and the beauty of love. That a romantic uh, relationship is one that is rejoicing in just the mystery of the giving and exchange of love. And so romance isn't uh, a bad thing because um, today, for example, it can be a beautiful moment in which couples just once again look at the relationship and say, in what ways have I turned my heart against this beautiful love that me and my spouse uh, have, have said yes to in the sacrament of matrimony. It's a beautiful day for couples to be able to look back and just say, on the day of my wedding, I promise to be faithful in good times and bad, in sickness and in health, to love and to honor mm-hmm. all the days of my life. And it's like, well, in what ways have I said no to that? What ways do I need to repent? What ways in the mystery of the romance, the mystery of the love that we share, what ways have I gone against that? Um, mm. And so I think that 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 uh, uh, how Ash Wednesday can speak into the romantic aspect of uh, marriage. I think that that's a beautiful chance for couples to be able to say, "There's a mystery in this love that we share. This mystery is caught up into the mystery of Christ. In what ways have my heart uh, heart been hardened? Has mm. has my heart been hardened? Yes. Um, in that in my relationship with them. Yeah. So Good. how about those of us that aren't married, mm-hmm. or priests, or single people? Um, how would they? How can they approach Valentine's Day with that same kind of romanticism? Yeah, so uh, romanticism is to rejoice in the mystery of love, um, uh, and I think in the mystery of love that Christ gives to us, there can be this ability for us to ponder the mystery that Christ, uh, as Scripture d- describes us, is a faithful spouse, and just to be able to ponder like the mystery of the love that Christ has poured out into our hearts. Yeah. And to be able to rejoice in that mystery, to ponder that mystery again, and to be able to ask the question, like, what ways have I said no to this God who gives himself completely to me? Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can do that in your homily. That was a really good homily. Father. <laughs> I, I, right? <laughs> no, I'm speaking to the uh, uh, junior high kids, and I'm going to talk about <laughs> the idea of uh, um, sometimes in our desires for greatness, uh, we say no. And we desire to be great. We're teaching them, in a little context, we're teaching them about the virtue of magnanimity, which oh. is to strive for greatness. Yeah. And we're going to talk to them about how there's times where we haven't striven for greatness and how by repenting, God then can actually transform our life. Beautiful. So that's the homily for today. Don't tell the junior high kids or else they'll zone out. I'm sure they're all listening right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So St. Valentine's Day fits perfectly with Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I just I just love that about that. Yes. Yes, it does. Very good. So let's talk about the sacrificial um, giving of oneself when we're talking about Valentine's Day. When you're in a relationship, there mm-hmm. has to be some sacrifice there, whether you're an, a single person and you're with God, the church, mm-hmm. um, priest with the church or your spouse can you talk a little bit about that yeah so to be able to enter into the uh the spirit of saint valentine saint valentine he was a he was a clergyman he was a priest of god he was a man who was committed to serve his people and he was willing to go uh proclaim the gospel to his people to such a degree that he was willing to lay down his life for them that is he was at the court official's house both the first and second time he wasn't afraid of death he wasn't afraid of death because he was convinced about the power of God. And just in this fearlessness uh, before death, knowing that he was convinced of the power of God, he was willing to lay down his life for his people. He was willing to pour forth his heart for his people. Well, 
if we want to enter into the spirit of St. Valentine, that's what we can do in our relationships with others and our relationship with God. This uh, life of self-sacrifice, this life in which we deny ourselves so as to live for the other. That yeah. this is one of the struggles within marriage. Any married people will uh, will um, say agree with this, is that in marriage there's times where it's like, I have to die to my will. Like, I want to do X, Y, or Z, but I know for the good of the family, I know for the good of my spouse, I have to do A, B, or C. Yeah. That there's this denial of the will. There's this small martyrdom, in a way, yeah. of the will. In and which there's the a fear in that. There's a fear that you're going to lose something, mm -hmm. and you're going, you know, you're going to be less, and I'm not sure what. But there's that fear to let that go. Mm -hmm. But in the end, that's not really true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that there might be a disagreement in spouses about the ways that they want to raise their kids. Like, how are sure. you going to discipline their kids? And there might be a fear within a spouse of like, well, if we don't do it the way that I'm used to, yeah, then what will happen of our kids? But then there becomes this real sense of like, for my spouse, I see how important this is for them. Yeah. And I trust them. I'm willing to make a mistake for them. And so then they're willing, uh, there becomes this uh, death to self. So as mm. uh, in trust and in love, they can give of themselves more fully to their spouse. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yes. Are you going to practice that, I was going to say, I, I think I've been practicing it, but my wife's not here to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to verify. <laughs> to verify, yes. Well, then you can you say whatever so, you yeah. want. So yep. I've been practicing now. Yes, I do You're this. perfect at it. Yep. Of course. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, I yeah. sacrifice well, all, I think the all hardest, day, every day. I think a lot of couples out there that might be listening, the hardest part is when you're willing to do that, but the other side might not be. Mm -hmm. And getting into a place where that's okay, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if you're if you're not receiving it, it's God's still asking you to do your part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that this can be intimidating for Christian couples because through marriage prep they hear about uh, the great self-sacrifice of marriage that you're supposed mm -hmm. to lay down your life, and so people can uh, in marriage couples can feel inadequate because they see like there's times when my spouse doesn't give up themselves and there's time when I don't give up myself. And like, there can be this feeling of inadequacy, this feeling of frustration because they have this great ideal of marriage, but then they're not living up to it. And there can be this real sense of discouragement. And it's in that discouragement that Christ wants to come and say, it's all right, come to me. Yeah. I want to keep giving you more graces Yeah. Uh, that in your inadequacies, I can fill up what's lacking. All right. Well, father, it's been a joy having you on today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, this is great. I yeah. was a little intimidated uh, uh, oh, we about are the scared. topic, but um, oh, this the turned topic. out uh, this turned out <laughs> awesome. This was a beautiful reflection. It helped me to see just the beautiful gift of Saint Valentine's life and how we as Christians we can live it uh, uh, throughout our lives and especially on Ash, Den Ash Wednesday. Yeah, who knew? Who knew they fit so well together? Yep. Love it. I love it. All right, Father. Well, enjoy your Ash Wednesday. Hope you have a blessed Lent, and I'm I'm sure yes. I'll be seeing you around. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to make sure that all of our things are running. I know that we're having a little technical issues that are my fault, so sorry about that, everybody. We're having a little overlapping here. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to get things fixed, and then we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. Thanks. That was good. Very nice. Yeah.